morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet. I hope you are ready for an absolute banger today. This is episode 143. We're jumping into r slash malicious compliance. As always, ladies and gentlemen, there is fresh out of the oven content on our YouTube channel. Head over there to check it out. There'll be a link down below somewhere. Or if you want to get your hands on those Brucey bonus episodes, check out our Patreon. I hope you are set for a fantastic fucking week. Let's dive right in. Grab your tea, your popcorn, and let's go. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs, streaming tomorrow only on Disney+. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. It's going to be awesome as always. Our first story today is from Quixie Quirk. No calls, and I can't leave the floor? Okay. This story harkens back to ye olden days when Blockbuster and Hollywood Video were the things to do. On a family-friendly Friday and cell phones were still something most people didn't really consider necessary. AKA the 90s. I took a job at a video store near my house. It was a small family-owned store with three different branches in town. The job was wonderful. I loved movies and games. It was close to my residence and school. I even got free video rentals and discounts at the sub shop next door. The video store was located in a beautiful old building from the 1920s. It had marble stairs and a really amazing cage elevator that led up to the storage and employee lounge. The job was perfect for me. The hours were flexible. The pay was decent, but the one drawback to this was my supervisor. Let's call her Amanda, because that was her name. Seriously, screw Amanda. Amanda was on the older side and seemed to not be content with how her life had turned out. As a result, she took all of her frustrations out on anyone she could, especially those people who she worked with who happened to be younger. If you were a college student like myself, you earned a special extra helping of disdain from her. I mean, really? How dare you decide to actually have aspirations of making more than 7 bucks 50 an hour? Oh, good God. While I'm generally fairly tolerant of people like Amanda, she really went the extra mile to annoy me as much as humanly possible. She was bitter, mean, petty, and did anything and everything she could just to be plain unpleasant. She wasn't even nice to customers. The only upside to this attitude was that she didn't let Karen customers get away with their Karenness. I might have been able to take more if she happened to be particularly knowledgeable or good at her job. She was neither, and only appeared to have the job because of good old nepotism. She was the daughter-in-law of the owner. She knew nothing about movies, she knew nothing about games, or gaming systems, 
or anything that we either rented or sold. When a customer had a question, she would pawn them off on another employee. When she had a problem with the computers, who did she call to fix it? Me. When there was a delivery that needed to be checked into the system, who did she call? Me. When stock needed to be dragged up to the stockroom, yeah, yeah, that would be me again. Any unpleasant task that came up, she would always try to give to me. Generally, she hid in the back watching TV or talking on the phone, which did tie up the store's landline for literally hours, or doing anything and everything she could to avoid doing her actual job. When I brought up Amanda to Ken, the owner, he simply sighed and gave a pained look and asked me to just try and bear with it and stay out of her way if I could. I got the distinct impression that Ken didn't much care for her either, but she was his daughter-in-law. He did his best to try to make sure I wasn't scheduled to work with her, but at least once a week, I had to work with this paragon of kindness and light. Now one day, I was on the phone with a customer discussing the late fees on their account when Amanda wanted to make a call. This resulted in Amanda ripping me a new one in front of an entire store of people. It was Saturday and we were packed to the rafters. She was yelling so loudly that the woman on the phone asked me if we were being robbed and whether she should call the police. Before I could answer, Amanda yanked the phone out of my hand and slammed it into the cradle. You are never ever to be on that phone, you understand me? While I was desperately aching to headbutt her, I bit my tongue, took a deep breath, counted to 10, and when that didn't work, I counted to 20, then 50. Instead of telling her I hoped that she'd be ravaged by rabid wolverines, I simply smiled and said, All right. This seemed to annoy her even more than if I'd gotten angry. She stormed back to the office and I took a stream of customers, all of whom asked me if I was okay, and one offered suggestions on how to dispose of a body. I appreciate the suggestions, but I had plenty of my own ideas, and while evisceration with a pair of rusty safety scissors might be a fulfilling immediate solution, it probably wasn't good for my lifetime goals. Unless those life goals involved a jail cell and becoming overly acquainted with a thick woman with one eyebrow named Big Betty. Instead, I checked it off in my big book of voodoo curses and hoped I would have a chance to pay Amanda back for her thoughtful gesture of embarrassing me in front of half of the metropolitan area. Still, there were a few more pieces to be laid out for my malicious compliance. Oh, and Amanda would not disappoint me. The next piece came perhaps a month later. I had been at work for about 7 hours of my 9 hour shift and had only seen Amanda once, and that had been when she left the store. Considering I only had 2 hours left of my shift and hadn't yet taken a break, I really needed to go to the bathroom. I told my co-worker I was heading to the restroom. This was however apparently not in keeping with Amanda's view for the universe. She actually began to kick and bang the door, demanding I came out. I took my time. I washed my hands, adjusted my hair, and calmly walked out of the bathroom. While she began to scream, I ignored her and walked up to the front of the store and took the cart of movies to be reshelved. 
She grabbed the front of the cart and swiped the movies off the top. She then informed me of my questionable parentage, told me I liked to passionately hug mothers, and that I was a female dog. Really? I had no idea about any of these things about myself. I thought all that time I was just a regular everyday college student. I could have probably gotten on television if I'd known how unique I was sooner. Amanda told me that under no uncertain terms was I to ever leave the floor while I was on the clock. Again, I summoned my inner calm and would have made Gandhi proud. I forced a smile and nodded. Alright. While I seemed calm on the outside, I had made up my mind that I would have my chance. No matter how small, I would have my moment. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. That shining beacon came on a lazy and blissfully quiet morning. As it was a morning, it would just be me and Amanda. Hopefully she would stay in the office and I wouldn't have to deal with her at all. When I came in, there were workmen in the back working on the elevator. One of the guys came up and told me that he needed a part and he would be back tomorrow to finish up the work. Annoying, as I would now have to schlep armfuls of heavy tapes up the stairs but it wasn't the end of the world. The light of my life arrived a few hours later without a word to anyone. I stood at the front putting be kind rewind stickers on a batch of new arrivals when I noticed Amanda through the back door getting into the elevator. After the man told me that he needed a part, it didn't even occur to me that the elevator had the power on. And I had a moment of amusement at thinking that Amanda was going to have to take the hated stairs. She was, above all, lazy. However, it seemed the elevator did indeed have power. And worked. Well, at least it worked. Just enough to go half a floor and then stop. It was just close enough to the upper floor that climbing out onto that floor was impossible and just far enough from the lower floor that climbing out was impossible. I couldn't believe my eyes. Malicious compliance activated. 
I couldn't entirely see Amanda as she tried to open the door and get out, but I could hear her. The sound of frustration increased until I heard the most beautiful sound ever. She called my name. And a slow smile, reminiscent of the Grinch, curved my lips. I walked to the very edge of the sales floor and called out, Yes? The elevator is stuck. Can you open the door from your side? I, I don't know. I can't see from here. Amanda huffed in annoyance. Well, get over here and try to open it. I can't do that, Amanda. Why the fuck not? Well, you see, I'm not allowed to leave the floor while I'm on the clock. Under any circumstances. Are you fucking kidding me? You said it yourself. Since I value my job, I can't possibly go against orders. A stream of curses came from the locked and stuck elevator. I'm pretty sure I'm still not old enough for all the things I heard that day. Call maintenance! The number should be in my office! Trying to sound as innocent and sympathetic as I could possibly manage while also trying not to burst out laughing. I can't do that either. I'd have to leave the floor to go to the office. You think you're so fucking funny, don't you? Oh, I... I don't know what you mean. Call Ken then! I know you know his number! Well, I would, but... I'm not allowed to use the phone, remember? Amazingly, there were no curses. There were no screams. There was not even one word telling me that my parents were never married. It was silent. I think for the first time she realized that she might actually be in a little trouble. She was stuck in a position, entirely of her own making, with no way out of it for the foreseeable future. Oh please, just get me out of here! I'm sorry Amanda, I'm just following orders. All pretense of niceness was dropped as she proceeded to inform me of all of my imagined faults and those of my parents, friends and any other relation I might have or think to have in the future. Then she sealed her fate. She yelled at me that I was fired. In truth, I really only planned on letting her stew for a few minutes but after that, nah. I'm fired? Oh, okay then. Guess I'll go home. Oh. I should also let you know that Bill called and said he'd be in at 7 instead of 5. He has to pick up his brother from the airport, so uh, I guess you're going to be in there for a while. Hope you have a book or something. What the fuck? How do you think you can fucking do this to me? When I get out of here, I'm going to fucking have you in the fucking... Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, have fun with that. Have a good one. I'll leave my name tag and shirt on the front desk. Wait! Bye! Oh, don't worry, I'll lock up on my way out. I'll uh, put a sign so people will know we're closed. Wait, I didn't mean it! Come back! I walked up front, wrote out a sign that we were closed until 7pm due to unforeseen circumstances. The very last thing I heard from Amanda before I opened the door was, But I have to pee! Still snickering to myself, I locked the door and drove the 45 minutes out to Ken's house to let him know that the shop was closed. Could I have gone the five minutes to my house and called? Yeah, sure I could. Did I? <laughs> no. Ken seemed a bit surprised to see me there. I thought you were working today. Oh, I was, but Amanda fired me. She's not allowed to do that. All hiring and firing goes through me. She knows that. Don't worry, I'll call her. 
I think maybe it's time to talk to my son about her. I can't keep her on with her acting like this. I don't think she'll be able to answer the phone. Ken gave me a long, sharp look as I tried very hard not to smile. Then I gave up entirely and just smiled broadly back at him. OP? Yeah? What did you do? Well, I didn't do a thing. I just followed her orders. Ken leaned down to meet me eye to eye. What happened? I gave him the full tale from her telling me that I couldn't use the phone under any circumstances to her telling me that I wasn't allowed to leave the sales floor when I was on the clock. Then I told him about her being stuck in the elevator. You didn't tell her the elevator was broken. I didn't realize it even had power. Ken just stood there looking at me gobsmacked and then started laughing. I should really go let her out. He paused for a minute and looked down at his dirty hands and clothes, then up at me. But you know what? I really shouldn't leave those flowers half planted. I should probably take a shower. I don't want to make that drive covered in dirt. Oh, of course not. You've got a really nice car and it'd be a lot of work to get that much dirt out of your seat and carpet. Do you need some help with the planting? Ken nodded solemnly back at me and gave me another chuckle. It took probably another hour to finish planting the flowers. Ken told me I'd be paid for the day and sent me home with assurances that I did indeed still have a job and that he would deal with Amanda. I fully enjoyed the rest of my half day off. I did hear from Bill that when he got there the elevator repair guy had just arrived and that Amanda had spent about 5 hours stuck in the elevator. After that day, I only ever saw her one more time. She glared daggers at me and I waved happily to her as she carried a bag of her things out to her car. Whenever I think about it, I still get a little smile on my face. Besides, I only did what she told me to. Uh, you know what, I can relate to that, but hey, an elevator, that must suck. At least my basement's fairly roomy. Our next tape is from... Oh, wait, it's not one of these where the name's been removed. Cutting travel costs the wrong way. This is from about 15 years ago. I was working in Brussels, but I had to be in the head office in Frankfurt quite a bit. Now, there are three ways to get from my home to Frankfurt, which is about 200 miles. By car, by train, or by plane. I was already told that I couldn't use my car because they would have to pay me a pretty decent amount per kilometer driven. So I used to go by high-speed train. Very easy. I'd walk to my station, take a train to the high-speed train station, take the high-speed train to Frankfurt, take the tram to my hotel and workplace. The only luxury I afforded was a first-class ticket because the first time I did this I had a second-class ticket found a woman and toddler in my reserved seat that made a complete mess and refused to move, so I ended up standing for almost an hour in the little open space at the end of the wagon. Also, when ordered in advance, the price difference wasn't even that large, it was like 20 euros. Okay, so we're almost a year later. I'm still zipping between two cities by train in first class when I get a mail from HR informing me I'm violating the travel rules and they won't pay back my expenses next time. I ask them what the rules are. The reply I get is a link which says either a second-class train ticket or an economy flight. I ask them if exceptions can be made. They reply, no. 
So next time they expect me in Frankfurt, I book a plane ticket, which is, because it's between Brussels, capital of the EU, and Frankfurt, European Central Bank, hilariously expensive. On top of that, as per the travel rules, I add a cost per kilometer for driving my own car to the airport and back, the parking fee for five days, and the tram ticket. In all, I had spent about five times more than the most expensive train ticket to that date. I received my exception to travel in first class about a week later. gentlemen thank you very much for being here with me on this episode as always i much appreciate it if you want more check out our patreon or our youtube there will be links somewhere either way i hope you have a great rest of your day and i will see you lovely fellows in the next episode peace out science spooky stories and all things paranormal we do too while we would love for most paranormal stories to be true we are here to tell you that they probably aren't but that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about we are the spooky science sisters podcast in this podcast we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural backed up by research articles and other credible sources we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts visit us at spookysciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters cryptid sightings and ghost stories with science sass and a significant amount of laughter Thank you and stay spooky.